Salam. Salam alaikum. We have some guests here today. We have, of course, my ever-reliable Henrik T. co-host, but two guests from Kyrgyzstan. We, we are making a record for the podcast on, on the amount of guests we have in one episode. Yeah, next time eight guests. <laughs> uh, so we have Kenny. Hi. Yes. Kenny is in New York City at the moment, or New York area, how would you say it? New, New York, York City, City, right? Yes. Yes. And then we have a Bayaman. Mm-hmm. And you are connecting from Russia. Yes. Siberia. So we are all around the world, basically. So the time zones go like this, that now it's a little bit over 7 p.m. In Warsaw, in Helsinki, for Henrik, it's going to be over 8 p.m. And for you guys, I'm not even sure anymore. But yeah, yeah. there's like a uh, seven hours difference to, to Helsinki for, for New York City and maybe something similar to Siberia. Yeah, yeah it's midnight here. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of the king of all clusterfucks that we are going through here. <laughs> exactly right. This is really pushing the limits of what we <laughs> what we can do with our guests. <laughs> we we are pushing our luck in more ways than one, so to say. All right, let's start with our guests for tonight. So, Kenny, what's your story? Why are you in New York City? For now, I'm just here for. Ex- to see some things, right, and exchange some experience, learn something, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Where are you from in Kyrgyzstan? I am from originally from Kyrgyzstan, from the south, from Alabuka, that's a little village. And uh, you left uh, your home country about 10 years ago, if I understand correctly? Yes, yes, sir. I went to school, I graduated college, and then I moved to New York. What did you study? I have studied computer science. And how old are you now? I am 31 now. Okay. Yep. I'm also 33, so in the same ballpark. Yes, sir. Same generation. And you're aching to go back to your home country at some point, since you haven't been there in 10 years? Yes, I am. Very soon. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to close out the journey. So you will still come back to New York, or you think that's it? Um, It's hard to say, for sure. But... um. Uh, but most likely not. Most likely not. Most likely I'll be back for good. All right. Sounds exciting. Brave decisions, I must confess. Yes, it yeah. is. It is a decision, right? This is a decision. I invest a lot of times over here also, right? Like culture, the language, the work, everything else. But at the same time, I have to give it back to the country, right? So that's that's my that's, thinking right yeah. now. That's great. That's great. Now that's a nice sentiment. I always support and encourage this kind of a giving back thinking. Yeah, that, yes, exactly. Right. Like, especially now with the technology that I could do the same thing right at the mountains, setting up my horseback. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said to me before we started recording that you are making wedding videos. Yes, sir. No, for, for a living. And yes. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to picture in my head Mm-hmm. You riding uh, on horseback, you know, ma- yeah. making those same videos with yes, with a camera equipment. Yes, it will be great. I'm sure. Not only weddings are a special technology now, like you can become a software developer, engineer, project manager, anything almost. You can study, all right? Like especially, you know, uh, where we're going to watch this movie, you can see that that has not been a connection like this before, right? So now it's probably the time. We can use to our advantage. 
I'm sure that with all your experience that you've gathered in the States, you will you might have some new opportunities in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, hopefully. Then we have, of course, the other guest from Kyrgyzstan, Bayaman, who is living currently in Siberia. Welcome to the podcast as well. What's your story? How did you end up in Siberia? Thank you. I am 20 years old and I currently study at university in Russia and work part-time as a developer and I study software development. I'm here for three years and I had the chance to get a good scholarship and so, so I'm here and every year I visit Kyrgyzstan. Okay. And uh, from which area in Kyrgyzstan are you from? From south part. Okay, so you don't have, like, of course you visit uh, every year, so you don't get uh, that much homesickness perhaps than Kenny, who takes 10-year gaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Time works different than your guys. Software developer in Siberia, like, that's hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I heard that in Siberia, in Russia, there is new, some uh, like, Silicon Valley type of place that is growing right now. Yes, here is a, education is good and there is a lot of job opportunities. Probably 80% of the Kyrgyz people speak Russian, so do you guys speak also fully Russian? Yeah, for sure. Yes, I speak Russian, but I've learned, I'm learning it currently. It's been three years that I started learning Russian. Okay. I'm Finnish, like my co-host, but I live currently in Poland. Mm-hmm. I've tried to study some Polish, kind of a Slavic brother language. Yeah. I can understand some, some Russian. That just happens when you know some Slavic language a bit. Right. Very similar, yeah. In what, which part of Siberia are you currently? It's considered as center, the city called Krasnoyarsk. Ah, okay. Maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, Kyrgyzstan as a country. Let's try to go over this quick because we have so much to cover, but feel free to drop in and uh, interrupt me if I say something stupid or if you want to add something. Mm-hmm. So right. Kyrgyzstan, the earliest uh, inhabitants or settlers of Kyrgyzstan were the Scythians, the uh, Eurasian nomads. After that, you know, there was the Mongol Empire starting from 1207. In the 17th century, the Kyrgyz tribes were overrun by the Mongols. In 18th century, they were overrun by the Chinese. And in the 19th century, they were overrun by the Uzbeks. In the 19th century, in the Qing dynasty China, China handed over Kyrgyzstan to the Russians under the Treaty of Tarbakadai. And it was kind of a border protocol aimed to establish the borders between the two countries more clearly. Kyrgyz uh, revolted and fought back against the Russian Empire including in the 1916 rebellion, and as a result, many of the Kyrgyz people relocated to, for example, Afghanistan, and there was a mass exodus to China, China which supported the rebellion. And in 1919, uh, Russia established the Kara-Kyrgyz Oblast, Mm -hmm. and in 1936, the Kyrgyz Soviet Socialist Republic was established in the Soviet Union. Unfortunately, the Economic realities worked against uh, a secession from the USSR in the 90s. Almost 89% of voters voted to stay in the uh, renewed type of federation, whatever that actually would contain, I'm not sure. 
with the USSR. However, the forces of the democratic movement made Kyrgyzstan an independent nation in August 1991. Sadly, some problems have been persisting. There's been some uh, political corruption, there's been some demonstrations and ethnic clashes for whatever reason this started to erupt. Mm-hmm. In the 2010s, there were some some violent confrontations between the Uzbeks and the Kyrgyz people. There is still some several Russian-controlled facilities remaining in Kyrgyzstan, I understand. Mm-hmm. There's no deny- denying that um, there's a corruption, right? But it's it's just still the same thing since the independence, as you can see, that independence happened, but the uh, people... On top, in my opinion, right? like I'm not a historian, I'm not a politician, or yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. the same people has been changing over. But we had two revolution, like take over the president, um, try to, but it, the the as you say, the Russian influence and the from the Soviet Union, uh, the mentality of the 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 those generation, it's still the same. The infrastructure after the USSR collapse, it has been destroyed all the connected connected dots has stopped and it's been you know pretty tough times also pretty good times right we could focus on the corruption but at the same time you can get away i'm saying like you, you can get by without the corruption yeah but corruption has been sinking to the deep deep roots of the politics but do you think the situation economically for example is better or worse after the ussr um, it's hard to tell because it's it's still new, right? It's, yeah. It's still like a like a Bayamon age, I would say, as a country, right? It's still learning. We, we we as you can see, we going all over the world to go there and then you know take the good stuff and then leave the bad stuff that we that we that we have, right? Like we have. That's what's happening right now. But uh, economically, I don't. It's hard to tell. I have no idea how to how to fix this, right? Like, but yeah. When we talk about this reformation, corruption, Kyrgyzstan is not actually unique. Yeah. There's another countries in Central Asia that has identical uh, political situation. I've heard that Kyrgyzstan is extremely safe and extremely comfortable for travelers. So yes, we are we are trying to change. We are trying to step aside like one president can't be elected twice and the country is trying to become more for tourism yeah and yes it's the progress is we're making progress in it i believe yeah let's hope it works out the population is kind of similar to finland where me and my co-host are coming from so it's about 6.3 or 6.4 million people yeah Mm-hmm. And yes. Finland is 5.4 million. Right. The population, the ethnic groups go like this. It's 73.5 uh, Kyrgyz people, then there's 14.7 Uzbek people, 5.5 Russian, and then 1.1 Dangan, and then some others. Islam is the biggest uh, religion, 82%, yeah. 16% Christianity. I can tell you about social problems. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. There is a huge problem, like bright kidnapping. Oh, I read about that. Yes, many foreigners know about 
Kyrgyzstan that we are practicing bright kidnapping. Alakachu. Yes. Da, yes. It became so, Ill- illegal, but yeah. but in rural areas, it's still practicing. Yeah, I understand there's kind of like two forms of it, right? So there is the form which is consensual elopement with your with your bride and then there is the non-consensual like actual real kidnapping yeah my yeah. My, my, my sister has been married the same way okay my own sister like, like in this in this age what's the situation now like are they're they happily they they're living good they have kids they're happy they don't want no america and they don't want no europe they're living pretty good okay <laughs> So yeah, like a lot of a lot of stuff is out of proportion, I believe. But at the same time, there is some truth to it for sure. Especially kidnapping, the uh, corruption, uh, violence, um, those stuff. But you know, it it takes time, I believe. Probably important to note that uh, Kyrgyzstan has been listed as the ninth poorest country in the former Soviet Union. So. That yeah. of course brings corruption naturally with it. So yeah. I, understand, I understand that. And uh, let's talk about the geography super quick. So it's a very mountainous country. Yeah. And yeah, due to that, you know, there's uh, the transportation or the mm-hmm. roads are kind of constrained by the topography. So you have to snake up with the roads uh, through different kinds of altitudes, cross passes. And yep. uh, there's a risk of uh, avalanche, and uh, you can probably tell me more about that. Have you had some uh, nasty experiences on the roads, or? Yeah, there's a road called Bishkek Wash that connects two biggest cities in Kyrgyzstan, and uh-huh. it takes to ten hours to get to Bishkek from Osh, and it's really really hard to get there. Wow! And airplane is not uh, like common, so people use. To I get to Bishkek by taxi, and there is a lot of tunnels. There is a lot of mountains, and it's hard. It's actually hard, really. So it's popular to travel by taxi. It's maybe considered like a like we would consider a bus in Europe. Yeah, there is a taxi, big taxi, big cars with four seats, and it's called taxi. Yeah, I've used uh, that kind of taxis in Morocco, I believe. Uh, maybe something similar yeah and uh, in the winter it's basically impossible to reach some places via the roads right no it, it depends right like it, it look uh, the roads are it, it's a mountain like you can see it's 94 or whatever the percent is it's high percentage all of them are mountains um to build the roads probably it, it takes a lot of money but the roads has been for ages that people have been using like horses, right? As the Bayaman said in rural areas, but inner cities you can get by with the cars. It's not great, but people doing it. And train is not practical. The train line is not long anyway. Yeah. I think there is. Right? There has been. I I heard that they tried to open up again, connecting from south to north by train, but I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. And uh, about etymology, so the Kyrgyz in the Kyrgyzstan is believed to have been derived from the Turkic word for 40, is that correct? Mm-hmm, yes. And this refers to to the 40 clans of Manas. This was a legendary hero who 
apparently united 40 regional clans against the Uyghurs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right, that's the Kyrgyzstan part from my part. Anything to add, or should we go to scene by scene of our film of the night? You can go. Perfect. Henrik, <laughs> I would believe that this is the first time that you have seen this film. It is, and it's my first Kyrgyz film altogether. Mm-hmm, great. And stop playing Fallout 2, Henrik. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I can see your status as playing Fallout 2 in Discord. <laughs> what? Goddamn Discord rattled me out. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, and you, my Kyrgyz friends, you have seen this before. Yes. When I was a child. Yeah. Would you consider this some, some kind of a national treasure for you guys? No, I wouldn't say. I would say great artistic work from the director, right? But as a treasure, nah. What do you think is the most famous Kyrgyz film inside Kyrgyzstan? Um, I think it's uh, Kurmanjan Datta. Yeah, for it's, sure, yeah. Yes, it's about a woman who ruled Kyrgyzstan. Part of Kyrgyzstan, maybe. When the Russians came into the Kyrgyz. What do you think is the most famous Kyrgyz film worldwide? Would it be The Adopted Son or something else? Yeah, I, I, th- I think Kurmanjanovka, which is about the woman became a ruler, Datka, which means like a governor or something like that. When the Russians came in, she had to make a decision, uh, very, very major. I think that movie probably most recent and more famous. All right, here we go. So the film kicks in with the adoption ceremony. This scene is in color, and uh, many seemingly kind of random scenes in the film are in color. But one thing I noted through the film is that it appears that the scenes which are in color are specifically happy moments mm-hmm. in the story. And that they are, and in my kind of take on those scenes was that they also not not only were they the kind of the happy moments like the blessing of your son or catching the glimpse of uh, that special someone. But there were also moments that were tied with things that often are coded with femininity, like the bird and the scarf and that necklace, Mm -hmm. which was made out of fabric, and the grandma giving the money for the movie ticket. While Mm. the scenes that were shared with kind of a masculine themes were often, first of all, they were all black and white, but they were also often quite hierarchical, like the father and, or the discourse between the father and the son, Mm. or the boys group who had this one boy was kind of the leader. And sometimes they were kind of even aggressive, like that scene where one of the kids is being pushed into the mud pit, or the fist fights that happen in the course of the movie. Mm, mm. Good points. Yeah. And immediately after this, the kind of a decade or so has passed, and there is the cutting of hair of our main character Beshkembir, mm. and we cut from this immediately to a scene where the father of Beshkembir is cutting the branches of trees. So is there some kind of symbolism going on here? Can you, do you find anything related in this? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good, good detail though. Very good detail. Um. Yeah. Maybe there's nothing special to it. I just noticed that in both cases they are cutting something. Uh, it could be just a transition. 
Uh, but the, the cutting of hair used to be like that. But it, I, I believe this movie represents more of a 1980s, probably. Okay, so you don't have this kind of haircuts anymore <laughs> in Kyrgyzstan. No, but but I used to have that. I I, I used to my oldest one used to cut like this when I was in the mountains, right? You can find it in Mongolian people, and right, it's, yeah. it's children haircut. It's not common for adults. Right, right. Especially in Soviet Union, there there used to be some kind of a trend. You're talking about the the forehead; it has a little hair, and there's no other. Yeah. Yeah, and this device that is used for cutting the hair, this is also new to me. Maybe it's uh, normal for you guys. No, I have never seen this. Device. Okay, and I also noted that the trees are half white. So have they been painted? What do you think, or is it just the type of uh, tree that we are looking at? Oh, oh, it's it's for the uh, I think uh, anti bugs, you know. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, and then the mother is. I have no idea what the mother is doing in the next scene, but uh, making something with the mud and then attaching this mud bias to the wall. Can you please enlighten oh. me what is going on? Yeah. It is feces excrements of cow. Oh. And it, they are used for making fire, for maybe cooking. Heat for the winter, right? I have been told that they are good, actually. You can't replace it with wood. Ah, so so, so it keeps the yeah keeps the flat warmer. Yeah, winter yes. time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. This is why we have guests. I would have never thought about that. Yes, it's a primitive way to have a heat, right? And then the kids cover themselves in cold mud. Is this then some protection against the bees? I suppose so. It was just they were just playing, you know, just kids, right? Just running around and playing on the mud and then they definitely right. jump into the, the water because of our bees and the star of the night here is Milan Abdukalikov or something like that maybe you can pronounce it correctly you do right okay this is the director's son in the lead role he also did some acting in the in the chimp film this is a mm-hmm. film that completes the director's so-called childhood trilogy. Mm-hmm. So the director is Aktan Abdukalikov. The story of tonight's film is somehow connected to a similar storyline in a Indian film called Pather Panchali from 1955. The film is kind of a representative of the first wave of independently produced cinema in the country after the independence from the Soviet Union. Uh, the director is a Kyrgyz screenwriter, actor, director, painter graduated from Bishkek Institute of Arts, worked his way up from 1981 from assistant to director. In 1993, he began a trilogy on childhood-related films. The first one was called Swing. He received the grand prize at Potsdam Festival for that. And the second film was The Adopted Son. And the third film was The Chimp from 2001, as mentioned. And the director is an adopted child himself. So this might have been a really personal project for him. Yeah. In 2003, he decided to associate his biological father, Arim, and his adoptive father, Kubat, in his name. And thus, he is nowadays known as Atkan Arim Kubat. Mm -hmm. And his style is kind of realistic. 
with minimal mm-hmm. staging and works mostly with non-professional actors. Mm-hmm. And the mood of his films is kind of a peaceful and slow in tone. Yes. Perhaps thematics are abstract and uh, the imagery is distinguishable. Mm-hmm. The director is still directing. Last directing job for, was Centaur from 2017. I have no idea what is he doing, but but I agree with you with with almost everything that you said. I think it could most likely it's his childhood. It's it's his um, right, yeah, life story. I was watching it yesterday. Like it's it's slow paced and very quiet, like almost like meditative state. Yeah, but like you know, I've been in New York, so it's it's been a long time. Like we fast over here like everything is fast you're thinking fast you're moving fast you're talking fast everything is fast right <laughs> um yeah. but i now i do remember that the the lifestyle we as a kyrgyz people we live like that we just wander around sit on the top of the mountain right like take it slow but also very his father like my father was also like that like him right cool calm yeah and um doesn't doesn't share like a emotions um so so it, it is very a, a much like a true story it seems but uh, for now what what is it doing i have no idea yeah i find beauty in that slow style of living would love to visit kyrgyzstan at some point you should you should you should definitely i will you're going there for 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 for, for that right like for meditation moment i i think right uh, I, I i tell everyone you're not going there to see a megapolis city or civilization or technology, for sure. Yeah, but maybe in like Bishkek, right? Uh, the life is a little bit busier than in the rest of the country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the beehive scene, they're trying to do something with the beehive, but it doesn't seem like they're after honey because the attempt would not lead anywhere yeah. except be- being stung. And they run back to mud bath, remove clothes go into hiding in Mudbat because the town hottie, Ainura, or however you pronounce that. Uh, how, how, how do you say this lady, lady's Ainura, uh, yep. name? Ainura. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, I was wondering why this piece of cloth in the mud pool is now in color, but uh, related to the girl, perhaps? I, I think your friend said it right. I, th- I think um, yeah. it, it's indication of some kind of a new life right it's it's whenever at the beginning of the movie also color where the kid bish is getting adopted yeah and then again when the the girl we see when that's when it's again it's it's like a i in my opinion it's just the the bish getting a new sort of transition yeah uh the actor of ainura is albina imasheva basically i have nothing about uh her history except that she has five credits of uh, different kinds of being in different kinds of films and the rest of the people i believe are just from this village and they seem to have no credits outside of this film and yeah she's still active it seems this is Mm -hmm. once again one of those moments where i i guess the one with most credits behind his name is the cinematographer gazan Kudurayev, mm-hmm. or how, however you pronounce it, I'm terrible with pronunciation of names. 
Yeah, yeah, I actually paid attention to the same guy. He was actually part of the Cameron electrical department for Mongol, The Rise to Power, directed by Sergei Bodrov. And we checked out one of the this legendary director's works in the podcast that was Prisoner of the Mountains. Mm-hmm. And also he was the DP for another film called Shizo, or The Recruiter. It's about a boxer boy. And mm-hmm. Henrik, what are your findings? Well, I did run across this uh, action thriller film from 2011 called The Liquidator, which is being directed by Akan Satayev. But it's once again, it's those weird collaboration movies where there is some Western cover more well-known name actors brought into the project. This time, the main headliner would be Vinnie Jones from the UK crime movies. Okay. Besh Kempir in uh, is then washing himself. And... Uh... He's using this kind of a contraption to wash himself, which I have never used in my life. But yeah, it's it's a you know when in, in villages uh, there was no water infrastructure, right? Right. It doesn't come to our taps. You bring water from river, right, and use it as a sink. Yeah. Is this still like very prevalent way of life in Kyrgyzstan? Do you feel in the rural areas? That we see in the film? Yeah, yeah. Not fully, but partly, yes. Partly, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Like haircuts and cutting trees and making excrement stuff. It's uh, practicing in our times. It's real, actually. Yeah, so you could say that I can go to Kyrgyzstan and find this kind of way of life somewhere there. Yes, for sure. Almost everything. You should try hard to find it. And there's a ve- really weird superimposed image of what looks like a mirror uh, yeah. with the back background out of focus. Honestly, I don't understand what I'm supposed to be looking at, but uh, I guess it's supposed to be a mirror. And then yeah. uh, Beshkempir is getting shouted at by his father. One time of many. This is at 1538. Yeah, yeah, I see. It was just uh, superimposed there somehow di- digitally for some reason. Before the father arrives oh, yeah, we- at 1540. Yes. And then the older boy is using Beskempir as an intermediary or a messenger for the girl, uh, Janil. I was wondering why. Why do you need an intermediary to connect with the girl? Can't you just go directly to the girl? Or is the guy afraid of the the family dynamics? Yeah. Uh, Girl's brother is going to beat you up, right? Right. Yeah, you, you, usually the case is that the guy who wants to take the girl out is a bit f- afraid to show up on the girl's doorstep. And that, that is the reason for all these intermediaries that are being yeah. used. Yeah. It, it is something that every now and then, especially with younger men, appears also in Finland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I think it's everywhere. If it's in in America, right? Like different way, but it's the same. There are some things in this film which I think are pretty universal, and this yeah. would most definitely be one of them. Mm-hmm. Because oh. because men will always kind of be afraid of girls. Yeah. Yeah. Only on the second watch, I realized another thing in this scene that the girl Janil said it's embarrassing. To yes. be in the front of the bike, not because it feels awkward that she, yeah, like like that she would 
feel uncomfortable on the bike. It's not yeah. about the bike, but the fact that she would be in a more intimate touch with the guy, right? Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, we, the the we mostly uh, is a family oriented, right? Like everyone, people have a kids um, more than three, four, right? So it has always been a um, a more conservative. Especially yeah. those times um, at the Soviet Union, you can see the address and everything. So it's a more of a conservative, and she's more uncomfortable. Yeah, we in Finland come from a country that basically doesn't have a lot of these even politeness levels for different groups of people. In my opinion, it's it's very informal country nowadays. Yeah. So I have to spend a little moment to actually perhaps understand these kind of things that I'm looking at in the adopted son today. That's great. That's great. It's not always for the for the best. Definitely, we we could be more formal in some I, situations. I think it's the way to go, right? Like especially now, right? Like uh, the West is going crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Like with all these rights and crazy people from feminist side and men's side and all that stuff. But but as essence is is the same. It's just, it's just the respect and. They have their own like way of bring, uh, bringing up what is limited and what's not limited. Yeah, I guess at, at, as long as there is the respect found. Yeah, that, I think I think that that has been a very very uh, polarizing thing for me, especially like experience, right? Like the way you approach to a woman in the U.S. Um, yeah, in the U.S. Yeah. or or in Russia, perhaps. You know how it is in Europe, right? It's the same way, but you... Yeah, pretty straightforward, at least in my view. Yes, at the same time, I see it now, you, you're more straightforward. At the same time, it, this is not really straightforward. You got to play games, hmm. right? Yeah, the, the kind of the social games you have to... Yeah, all I'm all I'm trying to say is that instead of she sitting on the on the back of the bike... And West would be more like more like she wants to say like we're gonna go to dinner first and then we're going to your room or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It has to be something like yeah. easy up to your connection. Yeah, that it's uh, easier to hook up or something. Yeah, but but you, you saw the second time when he came, she without the backseat, she actually sat in the in front. True. Yeah, they were getting closer. Yeah. And then there is the scene of watching the breasts of this particular mm-hmm. woman. Uh, leeches are attached to the body. Yeah. Then the dog goes berserk and uh, the boys escape. One guy tries to steal eggs and gets eggified. Yeah. I suppose these all these actors are inexperienced completely. But I don't know if the, if that's bothering you. Do you feel that the acting is good or bad? Because for me, it's hard to say because I haven't met any Kyrgyz people in person. I think it's 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 exactly as it should be. I liked it. I have lived the, lived the exact same thing. We have done the same exact thing. All right. It's 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 cool to see that to hear that um, these are not professionals. If you can tell it, it's it's amazing to me because I couldn't. I can say that. Acting of Pishmanok is pretty good. Yeah, right, you see. When you compare yeah. it to other kids, he's really good. Yeah, I think it's really good. And uh, explains why the director is willing to work with 
non-professional actors all the time. Maybe it's kind of his specialty, you know, to, to tr- de- deal with kid actors very well. Yeah. Then we have the scene that uh, you mentioned, Kenny, fucking the sand. Yeah. So, so the cows are also walking then over the boobs, but before that they have some sexy time with sand. So can you find anything especially symbolic here? Symbolic in terms of what? I don't know. It's the the teenage girls. Well, like teenage girls, I mean, teenage boys do interesting. They saw the lady right through the sheets. So like they're curious, teenage boys. Right. Yeah. I I neither wouldn't say that there was any kind of Kyrgyz aspect to this scene. Yeah. Because this is something that I have seen in other films. To mm-hmm. give you a direct example, for example, Wes Anderson's movie The Master, mm-hmm. which is an American film, it has more or less kind of the same same type of a scenario where it's a in, in that film it's a grown up man, mm-hmm. a soldier who is waiting to be transported to home. Throughout the last days, he's going to be a soldier. He's on a beach and he he does the same stunt. And mm-hmm. to me, because this is something that repeats in other movies also, to me it's kind of a reads as a as a universal thing. Yeah. Like uh, m- making making lewd female body images out of sand is is something that that men and boys maybe do all over the world whenever they are bored uh, and they happen to be on a beach. Yeah, I was more looking for something in the cows if there would be something to that in the culture, but perhaps not. So carrying. I I, I think it, yeah, yeah. In here, it's the kids playing in the master. It's more of a statement of boredom and frustration on the character's part in that film. I think the the director has been paying like he wanted to show more of uh, what is day to day as a curious people don't really pay attention about it for for other especially right like this guy has been working this this movie has been sponsored by some french corporation or something right so i i, I yeah. assume that they pull these kind of little bit intriguing parts just to give some kind of a intrigue i think yeah there is a french guy connected to the film very much he's also in the special thanks of the ending credits of the film called uh, Joel Sapron born in Paris in 1960 he's kind of specializing in cinematography in the central and eastern Europe and has helped out in the production of several former Soviet Union countries Mm -hmm. films so by occupation he's a cinematographer and yeah that's pretty much it all right then we get to the watching the Hindi film scene. Oh, yeah. And Bayaman, is this something that happens in the countryside that you get a projector and start a Hindi film rolling? In my age, no, because I'm only 20 years old. But yeah. my fathers used to tell me that this really happened, that they, yeah. will, they will be crowded like this and watch movie. Nowadays, everyone has TV. And it's it's obvious that it's not quite popular nowadays. It's kind of a romanticized view of the life in the countryside in the film, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Kenny, maybe you have experience with projectors in the countryside. 
it used to be like that before the TV came in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it it was a phenomena in um, yeah, nice. in villages. It used to be like that in Finland also when mm. the yeah. first steps in the cinema business came to Finland. Like mm-hmm. the first occasions where you could see movies in Finland. Of course, this was way back when, mm-hmm. but still, this is something that happened happened in Finland also. Yeah. These makeshift movie theaters and traveling movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Henrik was just forced to curse about the Finnish f- movie theaters prices for tickets because they are astonishing. They, they were cheaper back in that day. Uh, well, yeah. they were. I remember it was like 30 Finnish marks at the time to go to a cinema and whatever that was then, like five euros or whatever. Now it's uh, 13 euros if memory serves, so 15. I, I don't know what is the max you, can, you have to pay in Finland. Yeah, of course salaries have salaries have gone up, but uh, but it's still really expensive for people. But b- before anyone gets any wrong impressions out of the cinema complexes in Finland and the tradition of cinema in, in Finland, I have to point it out that the time period I mentioned, the traveling showmen and mm-hmm. these makeshift movie theaters, it was before Kari was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's still history that that our tradition of of having film showings, right. the the mo- movie theater business, it it has its foothold, it has its starting point yeah. in this similar kind of tradition. Yeah, a history of which Henrik was a part of because he was born a month before me, so he is much more experienced in life. <laughs> Great, <laughs> he's an old man. Yeah. I I did wrote an essay about the subject matter some years ago. About your ancientness? Uh, about my ancientness. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't know, man. Finland has some crazy, crazy history. Maybe you are some like some kind of a Dracula or something. <laughs> I I I did start my essay from the moment when God created the earth. <laughs> okay, that's a long story, but yeah, I get you. And then uh, Beskempir is. Trying to have some fun with his uh, uh, penis, and uh, Bert interrupts this moment because he crashes into the window. Yeah. What's this bird called? Do you know this bird? Oh, I forgot the, the name, but I definitely know. I've seen. I've played exact same way. But it's it's in those areas for sure, and uh, we used to see those. Okay. Oh, when it comes to birds, actually, in this film, there is a lot of bird sounds in the soundtrack that. Are, yeah. are are birds that appear in Finland as well? Great, and it was really pleasant at moments to listen to just the birds in the background. M- most likely, they are international. They can they can go around. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> you know they don't need a visa. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that. But that was that that scene was very touching for me, especially like I, I, I I've seen that you see, when 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 the bird comes in, you'll see the window. Yeah. Right. There is a white, small kurut, what we call it. Um, you see that? It made from milk. Uh huh. So yeah. make it, make it, make it dry. It, it serves as a like a like a snack. The charmer guy is back. He wants to get back to his lady, and uh, th- he removes the back rack of the bike. <laughs> and uh, yeah. the the back rack is being removed in this movie. Is it twice or three times? Peshkempir's friends get jealous over 
Ainura. Yeah. They're trying to guess a film starting with the letter S. And there's also a reference to the Indian film Sangam. Yeah. Uh, is this something that everybody knows in Kyrgyzstan? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I I think it could have been it could have been just just that movie recently they saw. Yeah, they're just filmaholics, just like Henrik. Yeah. <laughs> Then the friend reveals to Beshkempir that Beshkempir is a foundling or orphan. Yeah. Asks grandmother if he indeed is an orphan. Grandmother says, no, 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 that's not the case. And yeah. then we get to some cultural stuff. Once again, there's the dropping of seeds on a mattress. You make a bread, so you it's the cleaning out, the separating from the the grains, right? That's what it is. You throw it in the air, so air pushes the lighter leaves, and the seed drops it itself. So you, they used to do that, yeah. Yeah, it, it's not a tradition in Finland anymore. But yeah. in, in Finland, that is Jyvät ja Akanat. It looks like the mothers are bickering over whose son is the least well-behaved. And uh, surprisingly, the mother is being uh, being completely terrible to the mother of Beskempir. Kind of agreeing with her son that it's okay to talk about the adoption yeah. that openly. And before the adoptive parents have even spoken about it. So... Beskempir's mother leaves the scene. Yeah. Then is it Beskempir and his friends trying to sneak into someone's house? I'm not sure what is actually happening here. It's at 51 minutes. So at night time. No, it's the friend of Beskempir. Yeah, he just runs after his friend who who beat Beskempir up in a couple of scenes ago and this is simply you know Beskempir getting his revenge and running after his friend after friend tries to escape oh yeah 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 it's Beskempir because I totally didn't oh he's he's getting back at he's getting back at the kid like three guys he beat him up yep right and then the mother comes to the scene and okay yeah, yeah now now it makes sense the father is trying to put up a door sheet or some kind of a mosquito repellent I believe mm-hmm. yep yep Exactly. Neighbor mother comes to complain about how Beskempir has beaten up his son, and mother of Beskempir defends his son. So that's pretty much it. And that then Beskempir runs away to help a fisherman at the river, yep. kind of avoiding his family at this point, because mm-hmm. out of shame or more like just avoiding these situations. Yeah. Well, Peshkempir himself has just gotten the confirmation for the fact that he he has been adopted. Uh, up until this point, the claim has been made, but but Peshkempir's parents have not yet actually given the confirmation that the rumors hold true. Yeah. But now now the confirmation is being given, mm-hmm. and Peshkempir has to accept that what has been said is is the fact and. Once again, since I've been made the mention of the universal themes, this is kind of once again a universal theme of the, the taboo of adoption and and the image that adoption somehow is is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. The adoption as a plot point is something that also, for example, American movies use quite often. Where whenever a character needs to have a shocking revelation, it's revealed that he or she is adopted. adopted. Yes. And usually that is also in American films that is being portrayed as a negative. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is bad news. That that is something that is almost catastrophic to the character. Yeah. 
However, in this scene, it's nowhere mentioned that he's adopted, but he just flees the scene. It, it, no, it is... it, it, it's because I think, I think he was just the... Look, you cannot fight with your father, yeah. right? regardless of what it is. You can only take a break, take a time. It's like a couple, right? Like, you just don't talk to a little bit, and then you, you, you understand. That's what he did. He just he was just mad at his father. And he just went away and then did fishing. Right, yeah. I've had the same same things in my childhood. Then there's the fishing scene. I gotta try that way of fishing when I get to my summer house. <laughs> and uh, a kid is following Beskampir and locates him finally. And then it looks like it's the father of Beskampir who comes to collect him from the river. And he hears that the grandmother is not doing too well. Mm-hmm. So he has to hurry back home, and uh, being ill turns into being well dead. And I think this is the first moment in the film when we see a yurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yurt. That's nice. Have you guys been in a yurt? Yes, oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, everyone has it. This is supposed to be kind of a mobile way of of living in the yes. wild, wild, but. It doesn't appear very mobile to me, to be completely honest. And it's not something that you can just put on a couple of horses' backs, or you do. You do actually, right? Like you Whoa. see, most of the um, movie, its its whole tradition is about that. I think it's all his traditions and character and everything comes from that moving around as a nomad. Yeah, because you are you're kind of a bit shaming your military background here. Yeah. <laughs> at, at this point, you're, you're, you're forgetting who you are and you're forgetting poor Joukwetter. Yes. <laughs> totally not the same thing. <laughs> it, it, it actually is quite a lot of the same thing. Yeah. This is very much like the squad tents that are used in Finnish army. Have you ever packed a yurt? No, no, but yeah. I, 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 I have rest packed, my case. I have packed the squad, uh, the squad tents, which is like uh, terrible in its design. Like it weighs at least ten kilograms more than it should. It, it is actually it's quite remarkable in in its design. Co- considering for what it's what the purpose is that you're supposed to be running around in forest and not, not trying to get killed when you're carrying like ten it, kilogram it, tent. It holds water even if it would be full of holes. Mm-hmm. It is warm in winter. It's mm-hmm. it's understandably comfortable during the summer, and it can hold up quite a lot of people. It's badly designed. It's like some kind of 1950s design, just like the radios that we use that also weigh like 10 kilograms, which you can get for one gram nowadays. Your, your, your fucking attitudes are badly designed. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that ask me... Start, ag- starting bad-mouthing about the uh, army here. I will. I can do that for an entire hour in this podcast. They need to update. You you, you have done it for the entire hour in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had we had some army discussions in the past, but yeah, Kyrgyzstan sounds exactly like my place, like nomad life. Yeah, but it has been destroyed. But now you see, I think it's it was important for the director to show the um the yurta at the after the death of the grandmother because in these days probably people would use for that purpose like either 
for goods, some kind of a celebration, or a, some kind of tourism for mountains. It's quite a mobile once you put it in pieces, mm-hmm. uh, but it's supposed to be your home, right? Like you would be in wintertime, yeah. in summertime, in all sorts of scenarios, like 365. So, um, makes sense. Yeah, it was before, but I, yeah. I believe new design would be with solar power. Maybe Finnish army should try yurts in the future instead. All right. <laughs> okay. No uh, so the father reveals to Beskenpir that he is indeed an orphan to respect the grandmother's last will. And uh, he, uh, the father speaks in interesting ways. It sounds like Japanese to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Very softly spoken. Your grandmother died and then you just find out yeah. you're, you're an orphan too. Of course. There is the expiation between friends and family, so you know they reconnect because of a death. Death brings people together. Sadly, yeah. it sometimes happens, and at least for a moment, and they start bickering yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, uh, that uh, actually is is something that I was wondering about. Why why do they actually reconcile at that point? Yeah. Is it simply because of the grandmother's death, or is it partly because? Peskampir himself is voiding all the possible debts to his grandmother. Are, are they for? Is the village kind of accepting Peskampir now because Peskampir voids the debts? Uh, I don't think it, it is because of. Uh, it's just a tradition. Just a, like you're supposed to do that. That's it. Yeah, I think. Well, seems like they are reconciling. Because all the other bickering that has happened during the film is so meaningless in comparison to what just happened. So yeah, yeah, more of it. Yeah, more of it like that. Okay, yeah. because I I was kind of a I I was kind of a two ways about it. Mm-hmm. Because while Peskinpier is giving that speech, there is or right after Peskinpier says that if you had any debts to my grandmother, they are now void. And mm-hmm. right after that, there are these cuts to the villagers looking at Peskinpir and appearing sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Yep. That that kind of was the moment that why I started to wonder yeah, yeah, yeah. if it was implying that Peskinpir now is being kind of accepted because he forgives the debts. Oh, that certainly makes sense. But I, I believe the people just embracing that the kid has become a grown-up. Yeah, yeah. I I felt that that moment when he said that he will void the debts of uh, his grandmother is just the kind of a coming of age moment of Peskempir. Yeah. Now now they consider him an adult, mm-hmm. and yeah, it is. And even the film itself kind of makes that the definition because if if you go to the scene selection, oh. the, the the you find out that. So the chapters are all being named mm-hmm. and the funeral scene where this happens that actually is being named passage to adulthood yes okay yeah yes what that's that's a good good catch i, th- I think that's exactly what it is what do you think Bayaman? is this what happens peskenpirk becomes an adult yes i think he he is in his low moment of life and he experiences a lot of stuff like yeah he needs to change he needs to go on 
when they go with the coffin, there's a beautiful scenery in the background with the mountains, and there's a quite original fade to white, which becomes the mirror. We don't first know that we're looking uh-huh. from the mirror, mirror, and it feels kind of bizarre, but this director loves mirrors, I gotta say. Yeah. Is there any significance in the fact that the girl points the reflected light on Beskempir's face? Or is it just, you know, a way to say, I choose you or something? Yeah, it's just a flirting, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I took it. Then Beskempir borrows the bike from this charmer guy. He's playing with film in his kind of a personal studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Beskempir removes the back rack once again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Isn't he yeah. attaching it at this point? Really? No, no, he's, he's, he's taking it off. He showed it, he showed the the guy is doing it right so he's already he learned his lesson so he's from uh, the get-go already coming yeah co- yeah good catch good catch i i missed that one yeah yeah well he's done a, guys he's a quick learner right the, the, this is why we have guests in this episode so that they can actually correct us when we are com- completely pl- blowing smoke out of our asses thank god for you guys <laughs> thank god for you guys <laughs> yeah and the closing is basically when Bechkampiran I knew a bike away to Happy Land. Mm-hmm. And then there is the wedding. But is it possible for kids of their age to get married? Or does this cut like five years later? What do you think? It's impossible to have a wedding. Right. Because they are too young. Yeah, so the film skips again ahead in time. And this last shot is in color. It's a happy moment. Mm-hmm. And can you explain what is exactly this thread not that they're making at the last shot is it actually like henrik said like something that you put on your neck i don't know what exactly significance on the movie um but it could be it's about the life it's just a game it used to be an ancient game that you you could play in certain way but so so it's not something that you put on your neck or what are they doing no no it's just, they're just playing yeah. a game yeah, that, okay. that, that is something that was also in Finland in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But how how does the chapter selection in the DVD, Henrik, say that this scene is? Or it, it, maybe there is no reference to that. That scene also still belongs to the Passage yeah. to Adulthood chapter. Yes. It's, yeah, the film, film is cut on, to only six chapters in the chapter selection. The color, right, the beginning scene, when the camera pans... Like those are supposedly right. Like the how do you call it? The lines in that uh, material supposedly it represent the life right going up and down. Right. So I assume the ending scene would be the same thing. Like you have to figure out your way to do, play that game. I guess that's 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 the adult whatever. But it's about getting married still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess. Right, like because they they are playing the game, right? Her and him. Mm-hmm. Is that good enough indication of a marriage, though? It's more of a what is to come. It's not obvious, yeah. actually. Okay, yeah. It's something to think about, I guess. Right? I don't know. Maybe maybe he reveals. It's hard yeah. to tell. Relationship getting warmer. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there there are some analyses about this film which make the mentioning that the closing shot of the film would be of an engagement ceremony. And that, that is where Maya and Kari is reading that 
that it would be marriage comes from. Oh, it could be. Could be. It could be. It, it, it could get close to you. When the marriage happens, there is a some kind of tradition. You put that uh, material over, and then you go over that material. The, your your first night as a, as a married couple. But I don't I don't believe they are ready for that. Okay. Yeah. Once once again, I mean, we can get like the basic building blocks of this film as you know, f- couple of Finnish guys. But to get much deeper into the whole film, it's it's great to have you guys here. That you have explain pretty much everything that this movie has to offer here i believe my yeah. pleasure yeah in in order to understand the nuances of the film we once again need kind of a local guides for to, to explain us those small details mm-hmm. always makes the episode way more interesting there is one more thing to go this is the what we call quick categories which is where we go through like favorite this and favorite that things out of the film mm-hmm so favorite performance henrik it as a as a surprise to absolutely no one it it would be mirlan abdikalikov as peshkampir yeah same same pick here yeah the, the guy who gets most screen time once again ends up being the favorite performer but all around like the performances look very good what about uh, bayaman did you find your favorite performance? I think in the whole movie, when you see in Kyrgyz language, it feels like a very natural, like the phrases, the words they use, they're very common and it feels real. Was there like a favorite actor that you found? Ishpamov, of course. Yeah. Uh, what about Kenny? All right. Uh, I agree with you um, all, but if... if... If I had to choose by like different guy, would be the guy that is a who who fought the, the kid's best friend. What's your favorite scene, Henrik? To me, it's the first fight scene between Peshkimpir and his best friend. For me, it's the scene where Peshkimpir rescues the bird from inside and lets it fly outside. Why? For me, this bird scene is just a nice show of kindness. Kind of like a slow moment of the film, which there are plenty. But I enjoyed the cinematography and the moment. So yeah, I I used to get into fist fights a couple of times as a kid. So I immediately recognized those wild windmill punches, <laughs> where you are just flailing your arms around trying to hit something, and you have no idea whatsoever how to punch a person. What about you guys? What about Kenny? Um, uh, probably, um, the, uh, asking the Ainura out, right, at the end, for sure. Yeah, what about Bayaman? It's when Bishpamak plays game with other friends, and he stares at Ainura for a long time, and it was very good. Well played. <laughs> Henrik, do you have any favorite quotes? I most definitely have. It's... He's all black and blue. He's not your wife to beat up like that. <laughs> God, that, that, if there ever was a sentiment. Yeah. Well, for, for me, I didn't actually pick up one, so I'm trying to think quickly of something. You goddamn cheater. Don't start with me just yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I'm getting the nails and the hammer already to crucify you for this one. 
Well, maybe Kenny has some some idea of a favorite quote while I'm thinking about it. Um, I'm the same, man. I'm the same. Uh, it's hard to pick one, but um, as as Bayaman said, every every quote over there it makes sense a lot, especially to us, right? Like 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 a father when he's a um talking to his son um at the funeral. Okay, I'll just go with. Ongu, on, ongu, on. So this, uh, will he bring us good luck? Bring us luck. Okay. Because it's the most memorable line here. Oh, at the beginning, yes. Yeah. Okay. That was just the first line that you actually found out when you started to quickly re-watching the film. (laughs) Okay. God damn it. I will send you a screenshot of my notes. It's actually in my notes, this quote, for this particular reason. So You are writing it there at, as we speak. <laughs> oh, Henrik. <clears throat> See you in a dark alley after this podcast. <laughs> what about Bayaman? I don't have a special quote. Yeah. So the next category is... <laughs> yeah, yeah, go, go ahead, man. <laughs> These are your categories. Like, you define these in the Flicklack template when it was built. Yeah, this is kind of a macabre. But we started this podcast with horror films. So yeah, we have never dropped this particular category. So you can be a little bit creative at this moment. So Henrik will go first. <laughs> Favorite kill. Well, thank you, Kari. My favorite kill is the sand woman that gets stampeded by the cow. <laughs> it's 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 also the only confirmed real kill in this film. So feel free to pick something, Kari. That's very creative. But um, okay, fine. I'm going to go with the broken heart of Peshkampir at the end. But he gets the lady. God damn it. Gets the lady, but loses grandmother. And there is no other kills here, so... Yep, yep. yep well, there is... Big. Yeah. But... Quite, a, quite of an inventive, Alison. I, I have to give it to you, man. And what about Kenny? As you said, no one get killed, right? But um, I couldn't understand, actually, the character of that lady. Oh, yeah. the, the fat lady naked, taking a bath. What about Bayaman? Uh, the kid with the eggs. <laughs> we have really creative kills here. When he, when he brokes all the eggs, he dies inside, like for a moment. <laughs> we have all the pros with us today. Yeah. Right. There you go. <clears throat> Random confusing question moment of this podcast. Henrik, would you go with me to Kyrgyzstan right now? I could go to Kyrgyzstan with you. I'm not completely sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm still kind of a hesitant. A, because of your mean comments towards the Finnish army. And B, because of that no- notion you made about a dark alley. I can make it up to you, Henrik. You can take what, your... You're going to insult the Finnish army in a dark alley. You can you can put up your Finnish army tent in Kyrgyzstan and I will stay in a <laughs> yurt. How about that? <laughs> It will be fun. I, I, I highly, highly, highly recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I highly recommend the Finnish army tent. <laughs> Finnish, Finnish army doesn't need it. 
<laughs> you guys are five but, millions. Who are you gonna go to war with? That that's right. That's a fair <laughs> but, point. But the rest of the world, if if it if need be, <laughs> you guys doing good. Like make some cheese and everything else. The beer. You know. How's the army of Kyrgyzstan, by the way? Like, is it is it mandatory? And is there an army? Uh, there is an army. There is a mandatory after eighteen. I believe it's a year, right? Well, yeah. But if if you go to school, you you don't have to <laughs> at all. Yeah, if, if you go to school, you are twenty something, and then you go to work. If you're busy, then after mm. twenty seven, you don't have to. Okay, because in Finland it's mandatory, and whatever you're doing at the age of twenty nine, that's the last point when you really have to go. Unless, of course, you can get like so called C or D papers somehow invalid for army. Yeah, un- unfit to serve. Yeah. Okay. How long is the serve? Six months or one year. It depends if you're going to be in a leader position, then it's one year. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay, first image that comes to mind of this film, Henrik. The kids playing in the mud pit. For me, it's the scene where the kids meet up at the small wooden bridge and they start fighting once again. Mm-hmm. For me, it's when... Women make carpet. Mm. What about Kenny? Yeah, for me also probably they're making a carpet. And uh, which image in your opinion best exemplifies this film? What's the most defining image of the film? Henrik. To me it's that one shot of the guy who is making the mud bricks. For me it's basically in the beginning when when we see the Beskenpeer as a kid in the orphan ceremony. Bayamon? It's also when he plays with friends. Kenny? Most likely. Again, it's the, I, I think it's that, that, that uh, making a corporate is the perfect scene. I think that's all includes everything. Mm. I think. If, if you sure. know what, what it is, then you know what, what it com- how it comes out. I'm surprised nobody picked the scene that is actually in the poster where Beskenpir is holding the bird in his hands. <laughs> Well, what took you out of the adopted son, Henrik? Uh, for me, kind of nothing. Yeah, I'm, nothing in particular. Yeah, because the, there is no moment where the film actually does anything anything wrong. No, you you may not be completely, you may not be the biggest fan. Of the slow pace, or you might not be the biggest fan of these very small drama films, which which is often games with the independent foreign films. But there is no mis- clear mistake that the film would ever make. Mm, of course, it's uh, if you want to go technical here, which we sometimes have to do. You know, there is this weird noise in the audio, so I co- I could choose. That one, but actually, when I started to watch it, to watch the film, and after five minutes, I kind of forgot that it's there. Okay, because I I missed any weird noises. Can you kind okay. of pinpoint it? Right, I think, I think it's the beginning, right? The... It's throughout the film. There is like this background noise in the audio. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I I know what you mean. It's uh, once again, I I didn't pay that much eye to it because it's it's one of the staples of the neorealism which is what this film is aiming for so it it is intentional yeah okay 
Good catch. Well, what took you out, Bayaman? It's just perfect. For me, it's perfect. Kenny? Um, hmm, hmm. Exactly. Um, it's good. It's, it's it's hard still. It's slow place. Actually, they, they tried to not involve anything that, that would be not connected to the story. Because there is so much not included during those times, right? Like Soviet Union influence, all that stuff is not included, doesn't show on no TV, nothing like that. Just shows just a little glimpse of it at the movie theater. Besides that, everything includes just, just the life is happening only in the village. It's, there's no outside influence. Mm-hmm. That that could be could have been included, could have been not. So besides that, I think I think it is what it is. Mm. Henrik, what pulled you in? Those all, all those little glimpses of the village life. The slow tempo, just uh, seeing realistically how the life is happening. Kind of the laid-back structure, but it can also pull some people away. So, mm-hmm. and what about Kenny? I think it's the same way, but um, for me, um, it's the incredible curiosity of the kids, right? It's slow-paced, but you can see that the kids are curious right like they doing it what they seeing it um and they doing it whilst of whatever it represents so uh, i think that, that that is actually representation of the like kids because they don't know anything they just play if their parents say they are adopted then they do the same thing so yeah you mentioned that this is basically your story that you come from a small village and it's, i have done the same exact same thing i have Uh, w- without the with, without the sex with the sand, right? Mind you. Yes. Maybe I have done. Who knows, right? I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> yeah. No telling. I never confess to anything. No telling. No telling. <laughs> What about Bayaman? What pulled you in to this film? Oh, I enjoyed the this life, the houses, the the people, how they speak with each other in in Kyrgyz language because. Modern Kyrgyz, they don't feel real. And I just enjoyed the talks. Yeah. Guys, did you, like, did this film match your expectations? That's kind of actually a funny question to pose to you, Kyrgyzstani guys, because you have seen it before. But Henrik, did this match with your expectations, if any? I didn't have any expectations when I when I came to this film. Yeah. Kind of same here. What to expect when you know basically nothing about the country until 24 hours ago? <laughs> I will tell you that I will tell you the the expectation I had like watching yesterday. Right, I remember when it came out. Right, this director is very controversial. Right, like sometimes his some scenes are not approved by the people. I do remember when this movie came out was also somehow controversial. Hmm. People have said, like, uh, the kids, they make it look dumb, very poor. Some scenes, they, they were not okay. But after all of my experiences, I, could see, I, I watch it again, and I see the, the it, it's purely, mostly, the it was the director's life story. What about Bayaman? Did you see this movie perhaps in a different light than you saw it as a kid? Yes, It was very strange movie when I see first, like kids just running around and doing nothing. It was just crazy. <laughs> Now I see the 
how it feels different and it feels very peaceful, like nice. This is a section that we call Scissors of Sacrilege. So what would you change in the film if I would give you scissors or glue, Henrik? I would leave it as it is. Yeah, this is the kind of movie where you cannot really see anything that you would like to cut. I just leave it as it is. And what about Bayaman? I agree with Henry, actually. <laughs> what about Kenny? Um, I would add for sure. I would add something that we could look forward to, especially like a an adulthood, like running away, taking the girl out, and after that, what is he gonna do? Is 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 he going to a movie? Movie like his uh, that that guy. <laughs> Goes to sit in and learns his and then brings back the movie theater. Something similar, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I would definitely add something that would makes a Bish Kemper uh, makes a decision. Yeah, the, there is kind of the bike ending, which is reflecting to something that happened earlier. So the same is repeating. But uh, yeah, there could be like, you know, going to the movies, repeating something that already happened now with the girl. That's a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Henrik, ready and loaded? Yep. You really know you're watching The Adopted Son when... You decorate your own walls with cow dung. (laughs) Good one. Well, you really know you're watching The Adopted Son when you're just about to masturbate, but the goddamn bird interrupts it. Happens every goddamn time. Yeah. Bayaman, you really know you're watching The Adopted Son when... When they fuck Sand Girl. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I was about to pick the exact same one, but I I I was actually too much of a coward to take that route. <laughs> Kenny, <laughs> I I couldn't come up better than Bayamon for sure. <laughs> we have really some expertise here tonight for this. Without any preparation, my hat goes off to you, gentlemen. Are you saying uh-huh. we hired? <laughs> yeah we're ex- we expanding international now okay sign <laughs> me up sure thing so three adjectives to describe the film Henrik from my end it is slow because it is that, that is the way how it is paced scantily colored because of mostly black and white and grounded communal warm Loving by a man. Peaceful, real, and entertaining. Kenny? <sighs> it is definitely black and white. It is definitely black and white. Um, well, that's that's actually already two. Black, white. And white, <laughs> yeah. And it's a little bit color. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Watch test. Did you look at your watch during the film, Henrik? Nope. Nope. Enjoyed my time. By a man? Yes, because you were waiting for me. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we were pushing you to start really early. So my hat goes once again for you guys for actually coming here for on such a short notice. Amazing. My pleasure. Kenny, did you watch your watch? No, no, I did, no, I did not. Yeah. Henrik, would you recommend Peer, the adopted son? I would give this one a recommendation. Like it has been said previously, here the West is going kind of crazy. 
and what all that craziness is mostly stemming from is is from from the lost respect and in that regard i like said the key to the, all that could most likely is just to be able to refine that respect towards the other and i i think that as an international film as a depiction of once again another nationality another culture Pesquempier can kind of help you to see the respect and to show respect towards others. And because of that, I, I do feel that this is kind of, a, once again, it, it is important film. It's important to see other nationalities and see depictions of other cultures. But if we take that out of the equation, would you still recommend it? Yeah, I would. I I do, of course, understand that this, like many of the foreign films, especially these independent dramas, which have this slow pace in them and don't offer this big dramatic arc, they they may not be exactly for everyone. True. But yeah. I, I still fe- feel that there is enough to find in Peer that you should actually take the ride. I enjoy the communal take here that we have of course as mentioned this film might be a little bit too traditional if you want to look like the fuller picture of what actually happens in Kyrgyzstan so but um, this is this is uh, definitely kind of this romanticized life that you get in the countryside or the rural areas and it's great to see what it's like and apart from that the story is solid as noted, we can't even find any points that we would like to cut out or what would be the like the low point of the film. It's slow, but highly enjoyable for me. Bayaman? As I said, for me it's like a real, re- very real and I think like it's it's the way how my parents lived, grandparents or maybe how parents lived. It's it's the time when they were kids. And yeah. I enjoyed the talks i enjoyed atmosphere and i would really recommend it would kenny recommend it um yes for sure as you said the slow pace needed for people like here right very fast they craving for that actually life the slower pace embracing what's going on and take a look around you don't need that a lot of stuff you can get everything that life offers love and caring and fight if you will right like challenges all sorts if you want to see a different approach from yours then definitely would this would be um way to go i think and uh, we have talked with henrik lately a little bit about uh, how a very traditional structure in films happens there has to be needs and wants and i feel that that is happening in this film which makes the characters pretty strong so the need in my eyes would be the need to reconcile with his family and friends and uh, the want is to as a nice character development extra is to get get the lady at the end and he does Mm -hmm. I, i on the other hand i really didn't find the needs and want wants that strongly in in this film Okay. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is the, of course, there's the re- reconciliation with the family, but that comes in quite late. 
in in the film there there, there is some distance between Peshkimpir and his father but even that doesn't come into a true fruition until at the end of the second act or when Peshkimpir leaves home and I would say same goes with the wand there are scenes that depict that Peshkimpir has some feelings for the woman but the film never actually drives you home to point that Peshkimpir really wants to have the girl it's it's kind of a there most of it comes down to this small eyeing yeah. and stuff like that. That's a good point, actually. The whole girl infatuation is developed in the middle part of the film, and you don't really see it in the beginning. I agree with you, yes, yeah. That's the adopted son, guys. Anything to add at this point? Maybe Kenny has something that he wants to promote or let our listeners know where you can you can be found or some project that you are doing at the moment, perhaps? Um, it was fun, guys. It was great. It was a pleasure. Like, I enjoyed it. I went back home. I went all my childhood. But <laughs> I shoot weddings. Maybe if you need a coming into New York or something, if you need a wedding filmmaker, hit me up. Perfect. Do, do you have, like, like, a business Twitter handle or website for that that you want to uh, Go to vimeo.com slash... Kenny Triple Z. Excellent. What about uh, Bayaman? Do you have something that you want to let people know how to get in touch with you or your projects? I don't have any out of work, actually. Yeah, busy guy, busy guy. But, but it's uh, kind of anonymous. <laughs> he wants to keep it on the low, right? Yeah, that's good. Kind of like me, which doesn't make really sense because I'm running a film podcast, but... <laughs> I just <laughs> you are full of contradictions. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, I just deleted my Facebook account and trying to keep it on the down low and at the same time running this, so makes perfect sense. Yes. All right. Once again, thank you so much for joining us from around the world, Kenny and Bayaman. It's been truly a blast. You've given so much background for the film and the culture. Would be great to catch up with you guys uh if we touch on another Kyrgyz movie at some point, could be fun. Yeah, next time just come through this uh, through the country. We'll see it over there, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Who knows? Yes, it's not that far from Poland. Just take a plane, <laughs> fly yeah. over. And the capital would be where I would be flying, I guess. Yeah, Bishkek, and then, and then don't go to the city. You go to the actual, uh, you know, where the life is. What moves the Kyrgyzstan? What makes us right? Like, like you can imagine, as as I said, that we we are the guys that 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 those kids grew up in. Yeah. And now we are in 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 the different world, but that's the, the characters are doing the exact same thing as we're doing as as Bayaman or me. Amazing. Yep. And uh, when it comes to our next film of the next week, we're going to look at, I suppose. Shenmue, the movie, <laughs> is Henrik ready and packed for this one? I, 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 I just don't want to. <laughs> I just... Well, that's the professionalism that you get here. Well, it, it's more professionalism that goes on behind making Shenmue 3. That's, that's basically the only reason that I'm going to buy PlayStation 4, Henrik, so don't start with me. <laughs> All right. 
Thank you again. I think it's uh, getting very late in Siberia and in Finland soon as, as well. So, and I believe Kenny has some stuff to do still yes. today. So, thanks so much for you guys. And uh, thank you too. My pleasure. Hope to see you later outside. Sounds good. Right yeah. The best of luck to both of you. And th thank you for helping us out today. My pleasure. All the best for your futures. Best of luck. Yeah. Bye bye.